0: welcome to the solo women rv podcast where we share stories tips and advice from solo women rvers van lifers and campers who are making their travel dreams come true whether you're just getting started in solo travel or are a seasoned expert this show is for you join us just because you're solo doesn't mean you're alone here's your host kathy belch hey everybody
1: welcome to episode number. 81. I'm recording this uh, sitting in a parking lot up near Estacada, Oregon. I am about to start my camp hosting job tomorrow, so I'm recording this a night before I start. Um, I've had kind of a rough week with my van squeaky. I will get into more of that in a future episode, but uh, right now she made it up here and I'm I'm calling her the little RV that could at this point, but we made it up here and tomorrow I do start uh, the training for my camp hosting job that I'm going to be doing this summer up here at Mount Hood. Super excited. I met a couple of the folks I'm going to be hosting with. They seem like such a great group and I'm already getting excited. I know it's going to be an amazing summer but I want to get into today's episode because it's such a good one. My guest today is Deborah Dickinson. Deborah has a YouTube channel and one of my listeners, thank you to the person who suggested I bring her on because, um, she has such a great, great story. Deborah was diagnosed with a traumatic brain injury. That was so severe that she literally had to have a trustee to take care of her financial decisions. Yet when she got the news that things were just getting worse and she might only have a year to live and that she might not even remember that year, she decided that she was going to do something quite brash. She set out to travel. That was something that was always on her bucket list. And so she did it. And her story is quite amazing. She's the author of a book called How Being a Nomad Saved My Life. And I'll have links to all her books and whatnot in the show notes. But um, I'm just so blessed that she came on to share her story with us. And she left me in tears at the end. So listen to the end and just hear this amazing woman's incredible story. My guest today is Deborah Dickinson. And Deborah is a YouTube creator. She is an author and she is a full time nomad. And Deborah, thank you so much for coming on. I learned about your story actually from one of my listeners who suggested that she must be one of your fans who suggested that I reach out to you and have you. And as I dove into your story, I 100% understand now why. She wanted me to have you on. So welcome, Deborah.
0: Thank you so much. And that is so kind. And I'm really glad to be here, Kathy. Thank you for extending the invitation. And it's nice to meet you.
1: Yes, it's always great to meet people. And one of the things I love about this job of interviewing people on podcasts is that I get to meet so many cool people, so many great women. So there's so many of us out here enjoying this lifestyle.
0: Absolutely. More and more all the time. Yay. Yay. Yes. <laughs> um, so Deborah, I want to back
1: up a little bit. I know you've been on the road since 2016. And uh, 2015. Uh, oh, 2015. Okay. Since 2015. Wow. And so, um, but there's a very specific reason why you got on the road. And I want to share that because, you know, when I read, when I was reading your book, you have a wonderful book that you've written. It's an autobiography called how being a nomad saved my life. And your story is so amazing. So I just want to start back at the beginning. If you don't, you don't have to go into too much detail about the specific brain injury, but that you had a brain injury. And that's the thing that, that got you on the road. You were told in 2015, you might not even make it to 2016. And if you did, you wouldn't remember it. Um, and from that diagnosis, you made a big decision to take your life into your own hands. So why don't you share a little bit about what that was like for you?
0: Thank you, Kathy. It, it, um, I have to say that I don't know if it was just uh, the universe working through my trustee or God's spirit, whatever you want to call it, but really it was her belief in me and her determination that I get to live, if it was indeed going to be my last year, and if I lived beyond that, that I wouldn't know it, like like you just said, the doctor said, she wanted it to be a good one, and so she took me to lunch, and I thought she might be taking me to lunch, as, as people will read in my book, to tell me she couldn't be my trustee anymore. It was more than she could handle, <laughs> and so I was braced for the worse, and she actually looked across the table, took my hand, and told me if there ever was a time to do a bucket list, sweetheart, it's now. What do you want to do? And what I had been gearing up to do before my brain injury and then ultimately the brain surgery was to retire and travel and see the country. And that, uh, that pesky little brain injury got in the way and I didn't think I was ever gonna do that. So I sat there for a moment. And when she said, what do you wanna do? It, it, it's now's the time. I said, I wanna do what I always wanted to do. I wanna travel. And there was no way that I thought I would be able to do that. And with her encouragement and several friends' encouragement, I got a cargo van and drove off with a sleeping bag and two duffel bags. And that was it.
1: Wow. Okay. So I want to back up for a second. Why did you have a trustee?
0: Well, the a lot of people have payee's if you get a disability check and I mine is my social security it is SSDI so I'm actually just drawing my social security but it's through disability and because I have a brain injury the doctors uh wouldn't let the federal government give me my own money so I had to have a payee gotcha. and my doc yeah but my doctors won't work with me uh without a a power of attorney and a a actual guardian. I have to have a legal guardian. And so the combination between having to have a legal guardian and a social security payee, it was just easier to set that person up as a trustee legally.
1: Okay. So you, you have this brain injury and the injury is severe enough that the government won't give you your check. That's yours. Um, and yet you decided I'm going to travel like how, (laughs) like, that's where I'm kind of like, oh my God, I would be scared, you know? So let's hear about how, like (laughs) how that happened for you.
0: Well, it, 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 you know, looking back, it was the best decision and the wisest decision I've ever made in the moment. There were a lot of people questioning our wisdom and I understand that and especially when i share that i used to teach biology uh well, actually that's not true i taught junior high science for a while my degree is in biology okay. and i write books but i can't read or do math anymore and so people are like how are you going to drive you can't the government won't give you your money you can't read you can't do math and you're going to drive but the but the thing is i can i can read i, I just can't read passages and pages and articles and in the things that I used to do and I can do simple math like seven plus two equals nine okay and, and things like that so there are, there are things even back then that I could do and we decided that with me staying in touch with a group of people every day they always knew where I was and we had a backup plan for if I got into trouble who would come get me we we put a lot of safeguards into place okay. as much as could, and I took off.
1: Wonderful, and this is just your community of of friends, is it your fa- or is it your family as well?
0: Well, my family over time. I used to have a big career and made a lot of money, and over time, as as that dwindled away, uh, with my brain injury and the symptoms increased, I lost a lot of family. When I moved into my van, I, I lost the rest of my family, except for like two or three. And I'm very grateful for them. So I can't really say that it was family. It was my close friends.
1: Okay. That's, that's really encouraging for a lot of us solos out here who, you know, we also have our, we don't, might not have a lot of family, but we have our close friends that, you know, support us and keep us going. So, so you made this decision with your, with your lifelong or your friend, who's now your trustee, that buying a van and hitting the road was, was what you wanted to do. You weren't thinking it was going to save your life at this time. You were just thinking this is what you wanted to do with the last
0: year that you had on this earth. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, that, that's it. I, I literally hit the road to come out here to die and it ended up saving my life. And wow. I just I wanna tell people and and that and that original trustee as her kids got older and she has an international career and and she is no longer my trustee. My one of my other very dear friends is is my current trustee, but he was on board at the time too. And even if you don't have that kind of support. I can almost promise you from experience and from seeing so many other people experience this as well, as well, that you will make lifelong friends out here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you have, I mean, um, your story is, is you became friends with Bob Wells, who is the (laughs) founder of Cheap RV Living and a, a very popular YouTube person. If any of my listeners don't know Bob Wells, he is very well known and respected in the nomad lifestyle. And it sounds like you got introduced to him right away. Is that correct?
0: I did not know who he was at the time. And he, of course, he was not the Bob Wells that he is now. <laughs> and um, a friend of mine, however, did know him back in the back in the day. And it wasn't that long ago, 2015, there weren't that many People doing this, and there was a handful of old timers. One of them was my friend Glenn, and I write about him in the book. And when he he found out what I was doing, he actually even helped me find my van. And when he found out that I was just heading off into the wild blue yonder, <laughs> he was getting ready to go. Uh, he travel internationally with a uh, an orchestra that he he played with at the time. And he's like, no, you, I'm going to contact a friend of mine and I want you to go straight to go. Don't pass jail. Just go to him. Let me find out where he is. And don't just go, go to him. Don't do anything else. And it turned out to be Bob. And and so my first year on the road, I, I got to travel and camp with the Bob Wells and learn from him. And what a blessing that was.
1: Yeah. So tell us about that experience. So here you were heading out and I mean, your, your health is compromised and you're heading out solo. You've, you, you have no idea about this community that exists. And I don't know how much of a community there was out there back in 2015, but you end up with Bob Wells was, and you, you traveled with him. Were there others that you traveled with?
0: Off and on, uh, Bob, Bob had a few people that would come and go. I also met Sue Ann, who is the executive director for, Homes on Wheels Alliance, uh, Bob and Sue Ann have been friends for a very long time. And so there were, I think at their, I don't remember how many was at their first annual gathering, the, the big rubber tramp rendezvous. But at the first one I went to, there was just right at 100 people. And now there's thousands. <laughs> at yeah,
1: attended. thousands upon so thousands. Was- yeah.
0: Exactly. And so it was a very small community at the time and, and some of them would come and go and come as if they were in the area to drop by and see Bob and and I got to meet them.
1: Okay. And so has this become your main community now of
0: nomads out on the road? You know, I've made my own tribe and Bob and Sue Ann with the empire and the community that they've built through Homes on Wheels Alliance and all that they do. They, they travel in different circles now and are very busy. And I still have to pretty much, this this way of life really did save my life. I had no idea that was going to happen. But it's because I can get out and get the peace and quiet that I need. I can I can do more than I ever thought I was going to do, but I still have to pretty much stay to myself. I have times and seasons where I can go do things and be around people, but I don't uh, really travel with a lot of people. No.
1: <laughs> okay. You travel by yourself. So let's talk, let's get back to that. How being a nomad saved your life. You talk about needing time alone. Talk, what, what other What other things about it or how is it that being a nomad has saved your life?
0: Well, when I when I first I want to say that when I first started camping with Bob, I didn't have a heater. I didn't have a stove. I didn't have a bed. Like I said, I took off with a sleeping bag and uh, I mean, yeah, well, a a little thin pad, a yoga mat. That's what I was trying to say. Oh, my God. Okay. And a sleeping bag and two duffel bags. And Bob and Jamie Diamond built me my first bed. Bob took me shopping and and I bought it but he he took me to help me pick out a heater and a stove and so everything I have learned to survive for lack of a, of a better word came from being a nomad but it was after I guess we had been camping together about 2 months and the peace and quiet of being out in nature began to um I was able to think for the first time in a long time. I mean, the, I, I also have hyperacusis, which is very, very sensitive hearing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize how much the flooding from noise was affecting me. And Bob and I were camped in Sedona. And there were other friends around. They weren't in our camp. But that it was the first time I experienced quiet without having to wear my Uh, earplugs and a special headset that that that, uh, I still carry with me if needed. But I normally had to wear that all the time. And I got to where I didn't have to wear that. And that was the first what I would call healing is being able to take that stupid headset off and walk around and and breathe and think and relax a little. And, And it just got better and better from there.
1: Okay, so one of the symptoms, besides this hypersensitive hearing, is that um, being a lot around a lot of noise and commotion will also impacts your brain injury. Is that correct?
0: Yes, it 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 is known in TBI land as as flooding, and a lot of every uh, traumatic brain injury thriver or survivor has different symptoms, but flooding is a pretty common symptom between us and it affects everybody differently for me if I stay flooded too long it will put me in bed even today for for days on end and so I have to be really careful about external stimuli like noise and and movement and just too much input period
1: okay so you're not heading off to the big stadium concerts anymore I take it
0: no, but I did for the first time ever get to dance and listen to music again in, uh, oh gosh, I may get the the year wrong. I I think it was 2019. Wow. I did have my headset um, and it was just a community nomad. It wasn't like a big concert or anything, but I danced. And I oh, even, nice. I, I know. I wasn't even supposed to see 2016. And here I was at a, at a, at a nomad event dancing. It was amazing. Oh
1: my God. That's amazing. Um, So let's hear a little bit more about how, like how traveling and being a nomad has really healed you. You talked about the sound and, and needing to be quiet. Are there other parts about this lifestyle that have really been beneficial for you?
0: I I think. It is also knowing that I have the support. And that is not unique to me. this This community is amazing. There are, um, I don't want to make it sound like clicks because it's not clicks, but but everybody is different. And everybody, a, a, if you put forth any effort in going to meetups and and meeting different nomads, it it I have seen just time and time again. Everybody finds their tribe that they click with. And in that, that that added buffer, that added safety uh, allowed me to start trying things. It's like, it's like, can I do this? And, and spreading my wings a little, knowing that I had people to fall back on if I needed to. And it was like, darn, I can do that. And yeah, what are some of those things you tried? Well, one is writing that finishing that, that 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 first book. I I've done I've written 6 now. I know. I'm amazed. It, it's crazy. It's crazy to think that I can't read them. I can't read my own books. I have people that read them and edit them for me. I mean, I guess every author does, but if I wait too long to get back to writing a book, if I if you know, I I go do something and I don't get back to it right away, I can't read it well enough to remember where I was. And so I've got friends and a family member that will read my book for me and say, here's what you wrote and what you were doing. And then I'm like, okay, now I know where I was. Okay. And then I I take off and I I, I write again. So I can't even read my own books, but just that, that's the biggest thing, the, the, um, the, the writing. And I think one of the biggest first things I did was taking a solo walk. Now Mm. I can't, I can do one way in, like to take a trail, but if it forks, I have to turn around and come back. I, I'm I i do not trust myself. Not not that I don't trust myself. My my brain injury is such I can't do okay. uh leader trails and stuff. And so the first big thing was walk taking solo walks and making it back to the van and it's like cha-ching, I did it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. And you travel with dogs.
0: Um do they help you find your way back? I I my two senior dogs, they both died in 2017 and they they went through TBI rehab with me. So that was a a big loss for me. In 2019, I I did get a, another little dog. His name is Bandit because he stole my heart. Mm. <laughs> and um I don't think Bandit does this so much for me. But what my two senior dogs routinely did for me was if I woke up and I wasn't sure where I was and I, I couldn't piece together. I mean, I would even look out my window sometimes and, I, and I'm and i not this I'm not this bad off anymore, but I would look out my window and I couldn't remember where I was. And then I might look out and see that I was camped with people and I might may, I, pro, I might not know who they were. But I could look at my dogs and I I knew that they were okay and they were happy and they I, they would greet the people. And then, event, you know, within a few hours, my memory would come back. And um, I used to even sit and be putting my shoes on and or have one shoe on and not know whether I was taking them off or putting them on. Wow. And just this way of life, just being able to. Um, I I can't stress enough getting away from all of the hustle and bustle. It, it, it just, it allowed me to start thinking and processing better. And then three years ago, I got put on Aricept, which is for dementia and Alzheimer's and it's experimental for TBI patients, but it, it also improved my life greatly. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I'm also really impressed that you do is that you have this amazing YouTube channel.
0: <laughs> well, thank you. It, uh, it, it hasn't grown like some of my friends. I, I've even helped friends, uh, back in the day, create their own YouTube channel and they have a hundred thousand plus <laughs> oh, person, mine never really took off like that. I think I'm I'm right at like seventeen thousand, almost. I'm I'm climbing toward eighteen thousand, and I'm I'm so grateful for that. And I I, really I would love
1: to have eighteen thousand <laughs> listeners to my podcast. So you're doing fantastic. That's great. Oh, thank
0: you. And I hope you do, Kathy. You keep yeah. it up, and you you will. You're awesome. I can tell. By the way, that <laughs> you're asking questions and everything. You're you're just awesome. And I look forward to getting to know you better. Yeah. So I the Bob encouraged me to start my channel and I thought ah, I'm not sure about that and and at the time I had a, a friend named Robert that was helping me learn learn the ins and outs of the camera and the phone and the and the editing and everything and and I at that time couldn't do all that and so my channel has gone through a lot of reiterations from people helping me to me trying just really quick videos on my own and even though I've been on YouTube now since 2000 late 2016 really 2017 I feel like I'm just now coming into my own rhythm because I'm doing it all I kind of know what I want to say and how I want it to look but but it it that took a a long process <laughs>
1: Okay. But you were able to learn to do all of that. I mean, learning YouTube isn't that easy when you have a fully functioning brain. So kudos to you for taking that on and being so successful and consistent with it.
0: Thank you so much. And again, it's because I can get inside my rig. Uh, I lived in a van, that, that van that I started out in, I lived in it for five years and I've now been in an RV for three and I can get in here and shut the door and I can't do interruptions. I can't, some days I can't do it. Uh, that's why I I, I wish, I, honestly, I wish some days I wish I could work and, and make money again. I, mm-hmm. I had to take my social security almost a decade before I was really ready to and, and even eligible to age-wise. There are days still when if I'm flooded or I'm TBI symptomatic, that I'm not able to do YouTube, I'm not able to walk, certainly not drive. I never drive if I'm symptomatic in any way. And what I am so grateful for with my YouTube viewers and my patrons is that they're there when I come back. And that is a medium that gives me a voice. And I don't think I realized until just this moment, Kathy, how much that has been a factor in me having something to look forward to that I could do. Because before the doctors told me, you know, you you might see 2016, but you're not even going to know it. I had gone from this lofty career, making big money to trying to clean houses to keep from going on disability not that there's anything wrong with that I but I couldn't even do that because if someone hires you to clean their house and they're going to have a party they need you they need their house cleaned
1: right <laughs>
0: you know and and if I was flat out in, in in bed and not it didn't even know what day it was or who I was or where I was that house wasn't going to get cleaned and now that rarely happens, but it, it does on occasion. And and when it does, I can rest and heal out here. Mm. Even if I was in the city, I, I don't think I would heal because of the noise and the flooding and the and it's and I've tried country staying with somebody in the country, and even that's not the same. There's there's something about being in control of my environment that has given me my life back.
1: Wow that's amazing so tell us about some of the places that you like to camp then
0: oh my goodness you know there's very few places that i have not enjoyed uh some of my favorite is outside of taos i also of course there's the out sedona will always be one of my favorites it's too crowded for me i can't go and i don't mean like sedona the town but right camping outside of Sedona, but even that now is too crowded for me. I can't can't do that. Uh, I love some parts of Wyoming that are out in the wilderness. My favorite camping is to go out for two weeks and not see anybody or another rig and when I need supplies go back in. And that typically I can stay out now for about two weeks. I typically do stay out for two weeks, but I do travel with a friend now.
1: Oh, okay. I had a couple of questions. One was tell us a little bit about your rig and how you are set up that you can stay out for two weeks at a time.
0: Mainly now in the RV, it, it's so easy because I have, I think, it, I get my rigs mixed up and I apologize. On my van, I have 400 watts of solar. Started out with zero, of course. On the RV, I have three hundred permanent and one hundred portable. Okay. And I have three AGM batteries. So I am very blessed in this RV to have a full size fridge and uh, refrigerator and freezer. And so that right there, and then and then the storage for food and and uh, I have a nature's head toilet. Okay. yeah. And I've learned how to wash my dishes and clean with spray bottles mm-hmm. and instead of uh, uh, using running water or pouring water down the sink, um, I do use a pitcher in my sink for when I have coffee dredges or I I brush my teeth and, and I I use that. I try to put as little as I can down my sink and then I... If it is allowed, depending on where you're camping, I will dig a very deep cat hole. People do like six inches and I'm always like, you need to make that cat hole six inches from the top once you bury it. <laughs> it's not six inches deep. It needs to be the top of it needs to, whatever you put in needs to be at least six inches below the top of the soil. So when you bury it, it's at least six inches down and Um, I will do that for just my liquids from my gray tank. I never dispose of, of my solids in, out in the wild.
1: Okay. Very good. So you've got your solar, you've got your water dialed in and, oh, does your refrigerator run on propane then?
0: It does. It, it, my, this refrigerator also does 12 volt, but it doesn't do it that well. So I just do propane or shore power when I am, uh, where I can do that. But I want people to understand that I was able to do this for five, not well, let me back up. I was able to do this in my van as well. Not just because I have an RV now. I I could stay out for two weeks in my, in my van, but the first year or so out on the road, I didn't even have a fridge. I didn't have anything like that.
1: So you were just eating like canned goods or how did you manage with that?
0: I would when I went to the store. I would get uh, you could get half a dozen eggs, and you can eat two of those a day, and those will last three or four days, you know. And it, so that was a treat. Velveeta cheese you can get the half blocks like at Dollar General or Family Dollar, and that that, that half block of Velveeta cheese would would last. Uh, not you know long enough that it didn't spoil and and i kept things like that in one of those padded lunch boxes mm-hmm. you know and in the front seat in the front floor board underneath the seat and that seemed to stay cooler away away from the west side and i i did eat canned goods even vienna sausage i'm i'm proud to say i haven't had vienna sausage in a few years <laughs> my my diet has has improved although there's nothing wrong with Vienna sausage but I'm very blessed these days to eat pretty good pretty darn good food
1: yeah I, I imagine eating healthy food is also contributing to your health as well so yes that's important to eat as well as we can out on the road for sure
0: and it's and it and it is very doable lots of lots of videos by lots of people out there on how to do that
1: yeah So um, tell us if people wanted to follow along on your YouTube, the kinds of things that you share. So there's a lot of YouTubers out there and they all have kind of a different focus usually. So what's kind of your focus?
0: Well, I want people to know that a lot of people will say anybody can do it. I don't know that that's true. I would not have been able to do it when I first set out if I did not know that if I got stuck at a roadside area somewhere and and couldn't do it anymore that I had somebody that would come get me I mean I, I guess you can do it and there are people that that have to do it and they they manage but if you don't have to set out that way I encourage you to have a backup plan for your backup plan that is my biggest Thing. I don't care whether that's your route that you're going to be driving, your food storage, your water storage, your uh, emergency evac plan, your what to do if I have to get off the road plan. Always have a backup plan for your backup plan because that backup plan can even fall through and, and has for me many times on many levels.
1: Yeah. Do you want to share one of those stories with us just to give an example?
0: Um, yeah, I, one time when I was back in in my van, I was traveling to my next destination and always have a backup plan for your backup plan. That destination did not work out. It did not feel safe. There was not, I, I always like to make sure that I have one or two way, two ways if possible out of an area. And that I am not going to be nose in and have to back out or that somebody can block me in. That's when I'm traveling solo. The, yeah. For me, those things are very important. This place didn't have any of those and it didn't feel safe based on what I was seeing. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's the beauty of this life. You can turn the key and keep going. And so I did. But it was a day when I was getting tired, and that is not good for me. It's not good for anybody, but for me, it can get dangerous. And I was getting tired, and I got to my backup plan, and the app that I was using did not have correct information, it was not available. It, uh it, it just didn't exist I I don't even I couldn't even tell that it used to I think maybe somebody parked there and made it work but it wasn't legal mm-hmm. and I don't do that if, it, yeah. if it's not legal I don't do it so that my backup plan didn't work so I had to go to my backup plan for my backup plan and that was further down the road and by the time I got there and that was a rest area and uh the um I use an app that will let you know what states you can stay overnight and everything. And this rest particular rest area was a six-hour limit. And I knew it when I got there. And so I was only able to stay six hours. And that meant including walking my dogs, getting getting myself awake, getting ready to drive, making sure I was okay. So I didn't get that much sleep. And then had to go to my to the next destination or backup plan. And by the time I got there, I was not able to drive for several days.
1: Yeah. Um, okay.
0: Yeah. What what
1: app do you use? What you oh, go let to?
0: Me let me look on my phone. The one I use for to to know about rest areas and their limits is called State Lines. Okay. And it's all one word
1: that's not one that's in my arsenal so i'm going to look that up thank you
0: oh good now uh, the my friend that i travel with now frugal rv gal and i we spoke at this last rtr and we spoke on boondocking and how to find campsites and that video is on both our channels and we list all of our apps on there that uh, we use
1: Awesome. I will definitely link to that video in our show notes so people can check that out.
0: Wonderful.
1: So I also wanted to ask you about your community. So you have this catchphrase. Do you want to tell us what that is?
0: Keep on keeping on Coco.
1: Coco. Yeah, I love that. I love it. It's so like positive and joyful. And then you have a community and you have a meetup. Is that right?
0: I, I do, and and I wish I could take credit for Coco. It was actually on the walls of TBI rehab. I was in, after my brain surgery, I was in TBI rehab for three months, learning how to walk again, uh, tie shoelaces, all of the things that they do in there and all of the assessments uh, that they do. Um, so I was in there for three months. And they had that uh, on the walls, you know, throughout the different rooms and everything. The, the cocoa and, and I've added to it over time, actually, Kathy, Coco NMW ODAT. Coco no matter what, one day at a time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so yeah, I have a Coco family. That's that's what we call ourselves, whether it's my readers, my viewers, or my patrons. And I do an annual meetup and it is usually the first full week and we'll be again this year in November.
1: All right. So tell us about uh, your meetup because a lot of my Listeners really long for community. And that's one of the main questions that I get is how do you meet other people out there on the road? So, and I, and I always talk about meetups as being a great way. So who would be the kind of person who would come to Coco meetup?
0: Well, I tell you what we, I am thrilled to say this will be my sixth annual meetup. And I am amazed at the people that meet there. And some, everything from newbies to people that have been on the road almost as long as I have and that end up traveling together, they make lifelong friends. And if anybody is listening to this and you're worried about being out on the road alone, go to meetups and or find a caravan, find people that are traveling together and that will let you hang out for a while and you will eventually find your tribe. Uh, for me and my meetups that I hold, because I hold the big annual event, and we can talk about that, but I also hold many meetups as I oh. travel, and that can be found on my website under the event page, and just search and find meetups to go to until you find your tribe.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've definitely gone to some meetups where I'm like, yeah, this is not my tribe. And then others, I'm like, oh my God, I've met so many cool people here. I can't wait to stay in touch. So that's definitely true. So even if you go to your first one and it's not your tribe, just keep trying till you find your people.
0: Absolutely. I'll, I'll share with you that uh, someone just came and spent the night in our camp. I'm, again, I'm, I, I travel now with frugal RV Gal and she came to my meetup last November, so so November 2022, so recently. She is a recent widow, and she drove all the way from Connecticut to my meetup that was in New Mexico. And it was her first time on the road in a minivan, uh, not the best circumstances. It wasn't what she wanted to do. Uh, to to be in a minivan at 72 years of age and and i know she won't mind me sharing this but she came to my meetup because she didn't know what else to do Mm. and from there she started traveling with someone and spent the winter Uh, they they camped near each other they got to meet a lot of people she's now part of the coco fam and she just came through on her way to, she's just kind of meandering. She's going to go to Florida. She's going to go back up to Connecticut. And then she is going to meet back up with her friends. And she says all the time that she's not sure she would have made it if she hadn't have gone straight to a meetup. Mm. And because she did, she learned everything she needed to learn. I I, I hold newbie classes and I do other things for for newbies because I know I remember what that's like. Yeah. And I I want people to get whatever they need when they come to my meetup so that when they leave there they have a little more confidence. And so her she just shared that story with us yesterday and it, it made me cry. <laughs>
1: oh. So that's um something I also want to get at is you talk about this lady and I, and I know you just did a video about this as well about being a nomad, not necessarily being a choice and, um, and that, you know, for you right now, your circumstances, if you want it to kind of get off the road that you don't even know if that would be possible financially. So I want to have you speak a little bit about that because I also just interviewed another lady who, um, you know, I think her, her, uh, she didn't have a backup plan to her backup plan. And now she's finding herself in quite a pickle, I'll be airing that, um, interview. It may have already aired by the time we get to this. I'm not sure the order yet of what interviews I'm doing, but, um, just kind of want to have you talk a little bit, maybe, uh, to give, you did talk about going to a meetup right away, but to give some encouragement or information for people who maybe, you know, this isn't necessarily their first choice, but they find themselves in this predicament of needing to live in a minivan or, their car, or even an old RV, what kind of things would you suggest?
0: Yeah. One, I want to send blessings out to them because there are more and more all the time. I tried staying with friends and family and it was, it was, it was literally killing me um, because they're living their lives normally. And so I, And I could have gone into TBI assisted living. That was another option for me. But both of those felt like death and I think would have been death. And so I I, I had options, but I didn't really have options. And I know that many listening to this, this, they don't even have those kinds of things as, as options. And what I want them to know most of all is if they will get the courage and allow themselves to be vulnerable to share their story when they go to meetups, even maybe not with everybody, but, but watch and and find somebody that you can tell your story to and just allow that vulnerability so that others can help you. I think that's the hardest thing Mm -hmm. for people is to, especially when maybe you're carrying some shame or embarrassment around it. And and I wish I could say please don't and wave a magic wand so that nobody did, but it doesn't work that way. And and I get it. And and so if you're carrying that that shame or that embarrassment, it's even harder to be vulnerable. It's and especially then plus have the courage to be on the road in a in a non traditional rig and go to meetups where you don't know anybody. But what I want people in those circumstances to hear from me is that I promise that's where the magic occurs. Mm.
1: When you let yourself be open and honest and vulnerable.
0: And, and, and I'm not saying do that right away with everybody, but I I do believe that you will find people that you can do that with that, that you can then start piecing things together and, and your life will start improving. It may not be fast, but it, it will be solid.
1: Keep on keeping on.
0: That's it.
1: Yeah. I think a lot of us out here, you know, we're solo women, we're independent women. And I think um, there is some shame when we do need to ask for help. We want to prove that we can do it. And, you know, we've got this. And sometimes getting this is getting uplifted and supported by your community.
0: Absolutely. And I, I'm going to say something that might not be very popular and it will not hurt my feelings if you edit it out at all. But I hear a lot of people say to everyone, just do it. Don't worry about it. You know, there's, there's no problem. You can come out here on zero dollars a month and camp wherever you want to and you're going to be in shangri-la and you're just going to live this life of awesomeness and what i want your listeners to hear me say is that probably is not the case that it's probably going to be very challenging and that it's worth it and that you can be okay just educate yourself as much as you can and find the supportive people that as fast as you can and and it it may not be that shangri-la you know pina colada on the beach scene that you see on instagram and you you may have lots of difficulties and if you keep on keeping on and and do as much homework as you can and meet as many people as you can you can be okay
1: yeah i'm not going to edit that at all that was beautifully said so thank you for that
0: well thank you
1: well, Deborah, I super want to thank you for coming on and being a guest today. I want to hear before we I let you go a little bit more about your other writing, the other kind of books that you write besides your autobiography.
0: Oh thank you. I, I they're fun. Oh <laughs> uh, yay, okay, let's hear about them. Yeah they' they're fun. The, the first one is is you turn it sideways and you can barely see it because it's so thin and it's nine short stories but it is my miracle book because I in TBI rehab and, and thank you for asking about this but in TBI rehab, they ask everybody what is the one skill that you want to keep? And of course, depending on the severity of the brain injury, that varies for everyone. For me, I said I want to be able to still write. And because I that had been my goal in it, it was to retire and hit the road and write books. And now mm-hmm. I had this brain injury, and it's like, I, you know, okay, I can't hit the road, but please, God, please at least let me be able to write. And so they assigned me a writing coach and she is ultimately who ended up um helping me because it was such an ostentatious book to write that how being a nomad saved your life she's the co-author on that Oh okay it's because okay. she organized the chapters and she kept it flowing and and did the editing on it and 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 so it, but she goes all the way back to TBI rehab with me in that very first paper thin book called kaleidoscope nine because it's nine short stories then from there I just kept writing and the journey begins is five stories they're not so short it's a pretty pretty thick book and each story is a standalone and in it I just say that I I changed the names to protect the guilty because it's about stories on the road (laughs) but I wrote them as fiction
1: (laughs) oh my god that's the book I want to read
0: Absolutely. Yeah, you, can, you can read it and see if you 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 recognize any of the, the characters. Yeah. And the one I'm working on now is the second book to my Coco series. The first book, Keep On Keeping On, is a character that is on the road, overcoming a dark past. And it's her story of finding herself, of having that courage that we just talked about, and going to places that she doesn't know, doesn't know what tomorrow's going to bring, and forging a life anyway, and kind of driving off, you know, riding off into the west like they used to in the in the western movies. You know, she's she's driving off into the west, and that's book one. And I'm in the middle of book two now.
1: Oh my god, that sounds like such perfect reading for my audience. So thank you for sharing that.
0: You bet.
1: It reminds me of the the movie Nomadland. So, oh yeah,
0: before I let you go, I know you were, were you in the movie Nomadland? Well, if you, if you squint, you can see me five times.
1: (laughs) Okay. So
0: you were, you were there when they were
1: filming and you were kind of like in the, uh, what do they call that when you're the background cast? Extra. yeah. Extra. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, It's amazing because uh, for whatever reason, the picture that uh, highlight, uh, Searchlight Pictures, is the 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 people that put the movie out the the photo that they chose to put in People Magazine and on billboards and on Times Square and everything has Frances McDermott sitting at the RTR, which was mm-hmm. of course filmed and and we all participated in as extras, and I'm sitting right behind her, and so I'm actually on page twenty two of an April issue of People Magazine. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, uh, but just being on that set and being with everyone. And and I want to thank Bob and Sue Ann for inviting me to, to be a part of Nomadland because it, it was, it was by invitation. Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm grateful to them for that, but to have come full circle from somebody that originally came out here to die. And it wasn't until actually uh, I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to say this, but it wasn't until 2021 i realized i'm not out here anymore to die i'm i'm out here and i'm living and i'm thriving and and i've just been going gangbusters since then because i just came out here with the mindset that i came out here to die and i just carried that with me for so long until finally i went what the hell i'm not dying i'm living
1: (laughs) wow thank you for that wow Ooh, all right. You got me with that one. Thank you, Deborah. This has been such an amazing interview. You left me in tears. And um, I just want to thank you for coming on and sharing your story with me. I really, really appreciate it.
0: It has been a true pleasure. And I hope we get to see each other in person and get to know each other. Kathy, thank you.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. Well, thank you again, Deborah, for coming on and being a guest. I will have links to all of her videos, some of the apps we talked about, and some of the other things we talked about in the show notes. But for now, here are my key takeaways. Number one, go to nomad events. There are so many different types of people out here on the road, and you will eventually find your community. Number two, have a backup plan for your backup plan. And number three, if you're in a situation where maybe you don't choose to be out here on the road, but that's where you find yourself, once you find someone that you can trust, allow yourself to be vulnerable and allow others to help you. This is where the magic happens. So thanks again for listening, everyone. Uh, This episode came courtesy of one of my listeners who suggested we bring Deborah on. So if you have somebody that you think would make a great guest on the Solo Women RV podcast, please drop me a line over at Kathy at SolowomenRV.com. And keep on staying safe out there. Until next week, we'll see you out there on the road.